my little friendly friends. Oh, wow. It's so exciting that people are listening to these primarily as the audio versions, the audio podcast. Uh, That's very exciting because I thought that there'd be more traction on Facebook. For a long time, I've become very accustomed to the majority of my audience engaging with me on Facebook. And although in doing this, repurposing these videos for an audio podcast, I had hoped that people would listen. It is so surprising to me how people are latching on to that and starting to, you know, subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts. And I'm an actual podcaster. Uh, and I'm not just floating around on Facebook. Now, a few people have requested that I improve the audio setup because they really like the content, but they're like, the audio could be a bit better, and I totally understand that, so I'm definitely going to work on improving the audio for you all. I'll see what I can do to improve the setup, but one of the things that is really important to me now, and this is going to get into what we're going to talk about today. What's really important to me now and what should be really important to you is laying a foundation of content that is keyword optimized uh, to build a presence outside of my social media. So that's my priority with this. I would like to have great audio and a great audio setup and have this be a very professional, polished podcast. Ideally, that's the direction. Maybe we'll go with it. Um, maybe I say maybe, but hopefully in the future. I will be able to make these improvements and make it a more professional and polished production. But at this time, it's about getting the content out there. It's about doing it consistently, writing the descriptions for not just the YouTube channel, because that's very important, having descriptions for the YouTube channel that are keyword optimized for each episode. Also having strong descriptions for each podcast episode for Apple Podcasts, having the content repurposed and then published onto my blog. So I'm trying to get into consistency with it. I'm trying to work smart, not necessarily super hard. Uh, And I'm looking at it as like, okay, well, we have to get into kind of a habit here, a new habit, because if you've been following along, I have shared with you guys the horror story of losing access to my personal Facebook, where the majority of my leads for my business came from. It has been really difficult to kind of climb back out from that hole because I was so dependent on that Facebook audience for my business. And although, yes, I did have an email list and I did have an Instagram, so I'm a lot better off than someone who would have none of those things. It definitely was not just an emotional loss. It was a financial loss. Uh, It was fairly substantial because... Typically what I was accustomed to is if I wanted to sell or if I wanted to fill spots in a program or had courses or different things that I was doing, I would just put it out there to my Facebook audience. And because I built a reputation with the audience, it was not massive, but it was, it had good reach, good engagement, and there was a lot of people waitlisted on there who wanted to work with me. And when that went away, I didn't know what to do. I started to try to figure out, you know, how am I going to reconnect with people? But that takes time. I'm starting to find people. People are starting to find me. But there was no warning. I was just locked out of Facebook one day. And then here I am, like, all of my years of content, because the majority of my stuff was on a Facebook profile, Facebook pages, Facebook groups, um, all of that. Now I didn't have access to a good majority of it. And I found myself with a pretty much clean slate. What am I going to do now? And in that, I learned a really hard lesson, which is, you know, you got lazy, girl. 
This is me to myself. You got lazy, okay? You got lazy about repurposing your content and this is the consequence of that because I had even taken my websites down. You know, it was actually, and I know it's like first world problems to describe it, but I didn't really have a website because I had got so many leads in my DMs from that Facebook profile that I just had never committed to putting my website back up when I took it down to revamp it. Um, I had not focused on contributing articles or guest blogging. I hadn't really put a lot of effort into other platforms outside of Facebook and Instagram. There were a lot of things I was doing that deep down inside and at the back of my brain, because I came from the world of SEO, because I started out as a content strategist, because I understood and I knew better, I was just burying it down. I didn't want to do that work. I didn't want to work that hard. Um, and it was very lazy. And here we are now. So the lesson I'm bringing out to everybody from this experience who will listen to me is that you need to be laying, like you need to be laying your foundation. You need to be claiming some virtual real estate outside of Facebook and Instagram. Now, if you listened yesterday, I explained kind of why this is so important that Facebook is a platform, Instagram is a platform as well, where you're going to get a lot of instant gratification. So you could put something up and say, oh, here's this new freebie and you might get a bunch of people subscribed to your landing page and you can put some ad spend behind that and keep that going. But as soon as the ad spend goes away, that traffic goes away and that growth goes away. So I was talking about that yesterday and that's one of the issues with micro content production. So micro content production is this content treadmill. It's this constant every single day I need to produce something new to, you know, achieve goal A. And if you're even strategic about it or even if you're someone with a lot of experience with it, it can become very mechanical like, okay, I do A, I get B and you just continue on that pattern producing content quantity over quality, seeing what sticks day in and day out, here's a new thing, maybe you'll pay attention, and then hoping that that's gonna, you know, you're gonna slide into your DMs, you'll be able to convert that. So that's not just me, that's something you see a lot, that's what a lot of people do, is they focus on these micro content. So they are doing like Instagram posts, Facebook posts, stuff every single day, and then they're kind of ignoring the evergreen. And the reason why I think, and this is my theory, why people tend to ignore the evergreen content, why they don't build out their blogs, why they aren't focusing on making sure that they're keyword optimizing their greater content, why they're not doing guest contributions and contributing articles and building out a presence outside of Facebook and Instagram is not just because they're lazy, but also because it just does not do anything for them in the instant moment and it can be time consuming to create content that you know might not get traffic for you know a year okay you know that it's more competitive to try and compete in seo than it is to compete in social media visibility so you tend to neglect that because it is like you get very little gratification over producing blogs and then just hoping people are going to discover your blogs and you're gonna get traffic that way. And if you do get traffic, it's gonna be more trickly. It's gonna be based on kind of more search terms rather than you getting engagement on social media. So it's not as sexy. That's the reason, okay? I'll just say it. It's just not as sexy. Do you mind if I take a drink here while while we uh, absorb that thought? So I think we could all be in agreement that producing content that's evergreen content is not 
nearly as sexy or fun as producing posts for social media and getting instant likes and instant reactions from your audience. And because it's not as fun and because you don't get as much from it and because it can't convert typically immediately that day into new revenue or people contacting you to, to convert into leads for like depending what your systems are, I'm just speaking generally, but if you're not getting people reaching out from you from it immediately that day that you produced it and stuff, it's not as gratifying and therefore people tend to ignore it. People tend to neglect it. I know I'm not alone, okay? Like when I say I was ignoring it, I was lazy. I was busy. Like business was good. I was busy. I didn't want to spend, like if I did have free time, if I did have time writing blogs that I felt like nobody was ever going to read or focusing on SEO and an SEO content strategy that wasn't going to pay me back immediately. That was, you know, kind of boring to produce or do. However, that's what we need to correct here. That's what we all need to correct in our thinking. It's not just me saying, oh, woe is me. This happened to me. I am not necessarily like this, like, random anomaly. People are getting kicked off their Facebooks. I've had so many friends reach out to me and be like, the same thing happened to me. Um, I did something on Facebook or I got locked out because of a security issue like you did and I lost everything on Facebook. And when you lose things on Facebook, you don't just lose that personal network. You lose like also your Facebook page, your pixel data. If you don't have a way to back up your ads manager, all of those things. So it wasn't just me. This happens to people. It could happen any day. And it also led me to do some investigating, right? So I looked into it. You don't own your stuff on Facebook. It's up to you to pull it off here and repurpose it for other things. Like if I don't take this video off of Facebook, upload it to my YouTube channel, do the do the whole repurposing thing that I'm going to do with it. If I don't do that and then Facebook kicks me out immediately after I post this or, you know, within the next few days, I don't really can claim ownership to this video. It's because I published it, this was the main platform where it was published, it belongs to them. And they don't care, okay? Facebook is not here to be your pal and help you back up your content and give you a nice evergreen presence and a leg up um, long term. They want you to be on that content treadmill because they want you to be on Facebook. They want you to be spending your money on ads on Facebook. They want you to be stuck in that kind of Facebook dependency. Whereas SEO, although like SEO is primarily driven by Google, it's more of a technical thing. It's about if you produce content with relevant keywords and you produce high value content with quality backlinks, over time that content becomes more valuable to you. So over time as you know, things get sorted out in the world of kind of SEO keyword ranking, when people search terms and you've produced content based on you know, those search terms, then your content's going to climb in the ranking and you'll be visible to them. And long term, you're going to get traffic and hits on your website and it increases over time. So within six months, you'll see improvements. With over a year, you'll see improvements. For two years, you'll see improvements. So SEO is about laying kind of the foundation. It's claiming virtual real estate. It's making sure that you are visible on the keywords that people are likely to use when they're searching for what you do. If you have an e-commerce store, if you're getting keyword traffic because people are searching for the products that you sell, that can become incredibly valuable to you in the long term because it means in the future you spend less on ads. So even though it's a lot of work now, you have to be kind of like eye on the prize long term. And that's one of the issues is a lot of us online entrepreneurs have a hard time with long-term 
thinking, like what is our legacy? Legacy is the key word that I am fixating on. What is my legacy? What am I even doing here? What is the purpose of all this? Well, having a podcast that is keyword optimized, so I've developed a keyword strategy. If you missed the last episode, you're going to want to listen to it. I talked about using Google Trends um, to figure out your keyword strategy. I can assume that if I'm choosing keywords that are trending, that are, are popular, that have regular search on them, and they're not oversaturated with content, so kind of finding something like that's very niche, but still people regularly search for, I can guarantee that by embedding that in my blog and putting that up on Google and putting that up onto Apple Podcasts, long term, if I'm consistent, it's going to benefit me in the future. And I need to be consistent with that. It's the virtual real estate. It's about, okay, I see an opportunity here. Nobody else is claiming these keywords. I mean, you need to look at your competitors. Who else is out there and how are they doing their SEO? Because if you see that there is an opportunity there to kind of claim that real estate, SEO is a competition in a way that the person, not the person who gets there first, but the person with the higher quality content, the more traffic, the more backlinks, and the more people endorsing and sharing their content, they're the ones who are going to be prioritized in the Google search ranking when people search them, search those keywords. Let me know if I've lost you. If you guys are watching right now and I've lost you at all, let me know because it is more technical than just come up with something cute to post on Instagram. It's a lot more technical than that. It's having foresight, but it's a lot more valuable in the long term because like I said, we don't know what's going to happen with Facebook tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen with Instagram tomorrow. Any of these social media platforms where you produce micro content, by all means, continue to produce micro content. By all means, continue to try to repurpose and then turn into evergreen funnels, which would be a topic for another day, your best content so that you don't constantly have to produce something new every day. Depending on organic reach, like constantly depending on organic reach puts you on that content treadmill, which you want to get off, you want to avoid. But honestly, if you're if you're kind of at on a shoestring budget, you're not spending a lot of ad spend, you're relying on what you can do organically in the social media networks. This, this is something you need to direct your attention to. Lay that foundation. Build your virtual real estate. Don't be like Brandy and put yourself at risk of losing your entire list of leads, your entire like source of revenue because of some, you know, technical hiccup with Facebook. This was a hard lesson but it's also awesome because it's awesome because I'm the right person to learn this lesson because immediately I knew better and immediately it was like well shit you should have seen this coming I would prefer to now starting to think about purpose so to think about what's my purpose here like for a long time I think for about two years I was just in the day-to-day so I was just in the oh I need to go get a new ad client or I'm full on clients so I just whatever like like I just had a really like lazy like kind of complacent oh I do Facebook ads for people I do this stuff with Instagram I do these things like I was just kind of like lazy like I wasn't thinking about what am I even doing here like is it I'm going to spend the next 50 years of my life doing one-off Facebook ads or do I want to build a presence on social media on in, di- in the digital space, in the digital realm that is going to become my stepping 
ladder, basically, to bigger and better things, to get me out of the micro content, you know, one-off jobs or short-term contracts, and actually establish me as an expert in my niche, and actually help me acquire opportunities and grow, and that was something I had neglected, and this is when I say legacy, like it's, it's building evergreen content, it's building SEO for search visibility, but it's also building legacy. So that's all I'm going to be talking about to anybody who wants to have a conversation with me. What are you doing for your, your legacy? What, what's the, what's the bigger picture here? Because we can do micro content till the cows come home and micro content is easy and it makes you feel good. You get those instant gratifications, those likes, maybe somebody DMs you, maybe you make a sale, maybe you don't make a sale, but you still do micro content because you're very hopeful and optimistic. Long term thinking. What is the overall strategy? What is the point? If you're going to post anything on social media today, what is the point? Are you going to be able to repurpose that into something that is going to benefit you in the future? Or is it just for kicks and giggles right now? Does Because it feels good. So if you guys watched till the end, thank you for doing so. I have put up my how to repurpose your Facebook lives into a podcast and content for your YouTube channel. That training is on sale for $55. If you would like to learn how I'm doing this, it's a five click strategy. So it's a smarter, not harder kind of thing. It's about basically you do a Facebook live just like this. And then I'll show you how you can very quickly pull this from Facebook, publish it onto your YouTube channel, get it approved onto Apple. So you start your Apple podcast and then you want to make sure you're writing keyword descriptions and embedding those videos into your personal blog or website for your keyword SEO strategy. So I teach you that in this training. It's $55. It's really worthwhile doing. If you produce content, if you do Facebook lives anyway, then it's perfect for you. That's who I made it for. People who are creating video content, but you know what? Facebook does not continue to show your videos to people like long-term after they're done. Like you have a very short lifespan. If you're putting your best stuff into Facebook live and you're not doing this, like it's mind boggling to me how a person could continue on that treadmill. And even though I've been in that position where it was me doing it, I honestly, when I think about it, it's like, it doesn't make sense. You need to pull your content off of Facebook and repurpose it elsewhere. And I wouldn't recommend that anybody else continues on in that way. Yes, I have a very like personal story, a very good reason to be explaining this and sharing this. But at the end of the day, you know what, this is I'm not the exception. I'm not an anomaly. It's it's not impossible that this could happen to anyone else. Uh, so I am really, really advocating that if you do any kind of content, particularly for Facebook, specifically Facebook Lives, that you start pulling those videos where you're, you know, putting out good stuff and putting them onto YouTube and putting them up as a podcast and just laying that foundation and writing your keyword strategized you know, you need to write a little bit of a blurb. I'll have to talk about that in another video. We do need to write a little bit of a blurb or a description, including the keywords. And if you want to watch the last video where I talked about figuring out your keyword strategy, well, you'll want to go check that out. All right. So thank you guys so much for those of you who watched live. If you are listening on Apple, please give me a five star. I know the audio quality isn't great yet, but we're going to get there. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and leave me a comment. And if you're watching on Facebook, say hello in the comments below. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm Brandy Peters. You guys have a good one.